Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, it's a bit of a cliche to say my next guest needs no introduction. I think that's largely true. Uh, Stormy Daniels is going to be in Calgary, a special event one night only, Saturday at the Laugh Shop at the Hotel Blackfoot. More details at uh, laughshopcalgary.com. Uh, Sunday. Did I say Saturday? This Sunday, November 3rd. This Sunday at the Laugh Shop. Uh, Stormy Daniels, as mentioned, uh, certainly very much an icon within the adult film industry. The author of a book, Full Disclosure. And yes, and I guess it was March of last year, became kind of a consequential figure in a lot of ways. Stormy Daniels is on the line with us here this afternoon. Stormy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm real good. Thanks so much for making some time for us here. Appreciate this. Um, I, I wonder, too, I mean, it seems as though the president's kind of found some other scandals to be embroiled in. Has that, has that made your life any less crazy than it was, say, a year or a year and a half ago? Not a bit. <laughs> Not really? In what no, way, I mean, uh, stuff keeps coming up, obviously. Um, you know, um, it's just been kind of a whirlwind. Uh, every new scandal I'm still somehow, you know, involved in because, you know, it was I was sort of the spark that right. lit the powder keg, you know, that got a lot of questions being asked. Luckily, he's uh, he's proven to get himself into more trouble, but... You know, yeah, he's got an act for it, again. it seems. Uh, but I yeah. would imagine, I mean, you know, once they get into impeachment, that, that that can cover all sorts of things. It may it may end up coming back to to the scandal that's that's pertinent to you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was. I had no idea that it was going to lead to such great things. You yeah. know, um, and by <laughs> I say great, I mean I mean huge, not positive necessarily. <laughs> right. But you know, it was when people started digging for where the money came from, and they figured out that it was you know that Shell Corp and Cohen had lied and. And then he lied, and, you know, it just one thing led to another. Yeah. Turns out there's a lot of sleazy lawyers, too, isn't there? Yeah, right? sleazy presidents. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, my current lawyer actually made a joke that I'm like a, a bug zapper. But <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it is interesting, because, I mean, look, you, you had... A high level of, of fame and notoriety before March of, of last year, but you kind of got launched into this like other stratosphere, right? I use the word consequential. You weren't just famous, right? You, you became almost kind of a part of history in a way. What was that like for you? Um, it was very abrupt and intense. And one of the things that the press got wrong and uh, the naysayers still get wrong is that I did this to kind of relaunch my career that I was done and you know what people don't understand is that I was still very active in the adult industry I was uh directing several movies a year still performing two weeks after this you know scandal came out I had 17 AVN award nominations I was still very much successful in my industry and and didn't need this extra attention which has actually derailed the career that I worked so hard to to get you know because now this is all anybody wants to talk about Right. And I mean, it came with other consequences. Of course, there was the infamous incident. It was Columbus, Ohio, right? We ended up with well, the cops basically arrested you for, for really no good reason. That, that must yeah, have no, been a scary incident. Yeah, it was a total false arrest. You know, they went back and found uh, emails and stuff between the officers where they were planning to arrest me two weeks before I even got into town, which was yeah. two weeks before I could have even broken the law, which I didn't break the law. I knew the law. I've performed in Ohio many times. The whole thing was a setup. 
Um, and even if I had broken the law, it's a, it's a misdemeanor. It's, you know, they give you a $500 ticket and you go about your way. But, you know, there was no reason to handcuff me and fingerprint me and bring me in and hold me and just make a whole show out of it. Uh, total setup, total false arrest. Uh, and, but, you know, I didn't back down and we won that case. Yeah, you did, uh, you know, quite resoundly, which, I mean, it's vindication, but it's just, it's illustrative of kind of the way then people react to you. It's no longer maybe how they reacted to you when, when you were known for your film work. It's now, well, I, I like the president and, and she's been damaging to him. So now I, I, I hate her. It seems as though exactly, that's how yeah. it manifests itself. Yeah, and it's strange, like, people, even when facts come out and it's proven that I wasn't lying and that I was telling the truth, and, you know, Cohen's obviously in prison for his part in it, yeah. which should be evidence enough, but people really just want to believe what they want to believe. It's crazy. Um, and people think that I that I broke the NDA, and, and I didn't. They did. You know, I was the last person to say something. The only reason why I finally did is because I wanted to be able to defend myself. It said very clearly in the paperwork, you know, like either party can't contact the other. And trust me, I was more than happy to never hear from them <laughs> sure, ever again. But then they, you know, I, and I was fine with saying nothing. I was not okay with being asked to lie. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between being quiet and being asked to, you know, be dishonest. And they reached out to me several times and wanted me to write additional statements and Finally, when I said, no, I didn't want to, they, you know, tried to bully me and threaten me. And I was like, okay, enough's enough. And then Cohen tried to shop a book. Like, you can shop a book and talk about it, but I can't defend myself. So finally, I was like, you know what? Screw this. But isn't it weird? I, I mean, you know, the, the moralistic types that, that, you know, think of Trump as, as this, this great man, they, they give him a pass on almost everything. They're, they're the first to, to line up and, and shame you. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a double standard, you know, and, and I guarantee that if I had a different uh, career that it wouldn't have been such an uphill battle. Like you can't, you know, imagine if I was a librarian or an accountant, mm -hmm. people wouldn't have been so quick to say that I was a liar or whatever. And it's been it's been difficult, but I think that it's finally starting to turn and the truth is coming out. You know, and I, I wrote a book hoping that would clear everything up, but that just kind of proved to me that people don't read. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, full disclosure, by the way, the name of that book. Uh, you, you mentioned how this, this all kind of disrupted the work you were doing before, your, your work in the industry. What, what is your current status as far as the uh, adult film industry is concerned? Um, I'm still under contract. I have a contract in place with Digital Playground as a director and Browsers as a performer, but I just haven't had the time to focus on that. Uh, with all the traveling and this and writing and directing movies takes a lot of quiet time to do the, you know, the writing and the breaking down of the script. Cause I did all of that stuff. I did all the pre-production myself. I've directed 115 movies, three of the five most award-winning and expensive adult movies ever made. I wrote, directed and starred in. Um, but that takes hours and hours of planning and weeks of yeah. prep and going to scout locations and pulling wardrobe and doing budgets and breakdowns and equipment rental and permits. And there's a lot of paperwork and porn people don't realize. How, how, and yeah. the, you know, I just don't have time for that right now. <laughs> how, how disrupted has that industry been? I mean, you know, with, with streaming and webcams, the whole kind of do it yourself sort of, sort of approach to it. I mean, are there still studios investing money in, in those kinds of movies? Oh goodness. Not like it used to be. That's, that's a whole different conversation, and part of it is there's there's two sides to it, and I understand both sides. As a producer and director, I hate it 
because it all goes, you know, to intellectual property rights and people downloading and, you know, stealing movies. And But that's affected the whole entertainment business, you know, yeah. no matter what you do. Mainstream movies, music, obviously. And I like to write and direct, you know, productions. So it's definitely impacted the studios. A lot of studios are out of business. There's hardly any contract girls left. And so it's definitely changed the movies that I was able to make funding-wise. But on the other side of that, as a performer, I really like it because it gives, you know, the talent so much control. Um, there's no royalties in the adult business. So if girls are switching to webcamming and clips for sale and making their own content, you know, on OnlyFans or whatever, they have so much more control and so much more of the money. Yeah. So I see both sides, you know what I mean? Um, but it's it's a weird business at the moment because of all that. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, on top of that, look, there, there are perceptions of the industry, stereotypes of the industry. People have their own views on it, obviously. Um, but as you say, you, you've had a great deal of, of success in that industry. How would you say on the whole that, that you've been treated by the adult film industry? Um, I've been treated great. I worked, you know, I was on a contract with Wicked Pictures for 17 years, and it's a very female-friendly company, a very couples-oriented. They do nice, you know, nice scripts, nice budgets, um, nothing degrading. Like I said, I wrote and directed probably 90% of the movies that I performed in. So clearly I wasn't exploiting myself. I had a lot of creative control. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, you know, but there's other sides of the industry. But, but you can say that about any business. Yeah. Uh, have you considered uh, the, I guess, what we call mainstream film industry? Do you see yourself um, in that? I've done some mainstream movies. I was in, like, 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up and uh, Finding Bliss, and I've been in some music videos. I can't say that I'm too keen to direct big-budget movies. There's, I'm used to having more creative freedom. Uh, but I've directed several music videos, and I love doing that. I'm currently trying to get funding for you know, a pretty low-budget horror movie to shoot here in New Orleans. That's exactly. kind of my ultimate goal. Yeah. Uh, and, and so with then that notoriety, does does that, I mean, does that open doors in, in a weird way for you these days? Or obviously, as you say, I mean, it's been disruptive in other ways. What, what's been the overall um, impact? It's a double-edged sword. I'd be lying yeah. if I said that nothing good has come of it. I mean, I've gotten to travel the world and go places I would never get to be. I've gotten to... Um, meet people I wouldn't have met, you know, uh, had job opportunities I wouldn't have had before. But on the other side of that, it definitely came with a price. You know, I got turned down for some stuff because of it. Uh, you know, my daughter's homeschooled now. I've had to move, uh, higher security. Like, you know, I couldn't really go anywhere. It's, yeah, you know, it's pros and cons. A lot of it's been really fun, and I'm very grateful but a lot of it's been, like, really stressful and really hard. I think it was about a decade ago you, you were pressured, being pressured to run for office. Was that, it was around 2009, 2010, something like that? Yeah, it was 2009. It was uh, uh, for the Senate seat in Louisiana, and I only found out about it because a friend of mine sent me the link, this web, a link to this website called Draft Stormy, and I found the guy and tore into him. I was so pissed. <laughs> oh, really? I was like, yeah, I was like, you're exploiting my trademark name and image oh, and yeah. making a mockery out of the government. I didn't even know about this. And, you know, I, I came at him with guns blazing and turned out he was very apologetic and was a really cool guy. Once he explained to me his motivation behind it, it was just to bring awareness to the campaign here in Louisiana because the current senator was so terrible. His name was David Vitter. 
and he ran on a platform of family values, but then was caught, you know, in a hotel room with a prostitute and a diaper. That happened hey, a lot. Go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, go on with your bad self. Like, whatever you're into, I'm not judging. But it was the fact that he was trying to defund, like, Planned Parenthood and sex education at the same time. I'm like, the one thing that yeah. pisses me off is a hypocrite. So, yeah, but I ultimately didn't even run because I didn't want to move back to Louisiana at the time. I had, you know, I was doing really well in the adult business in California and I couldn't establish residency. How do you feel about politics now? Would you ever consider running? <laughs> no way. It's the only job, <laughs> job dirtier than the one I already have. Well, that's one way to look at it, I suppose. So um, this Sunday, you're going to be here in Calgary. You're going to be at the Laugh Shop uh, at the Blackfoot. So, I mean, obviously you're, you're not doing a stand-up set, but tell us a bit more about what, what we can expect. Yeah, there's some, like, mis understanding about that like yeah. i'm i make no pretense i'm not a comedian i i don't have rehearsed material hats off to those people who do that i mean it is it's brutal to write jokes and go up there and try to be funny and re and remember your jokes which is why i don't write the material because i'd go up there and forget it and panic and take my clothes off and roll around and touch myself <laughs> which is my go-to normally on stage which is great in a strip club but pretty sure the comedy club is a sex offender charge Impossible. <laughs> But I kind of got the idea because the book that I wrote, I had been working on for 10 years because so much crazy, funny stuff has happened to me on the road as a dancer and in the adult business and, you know, both as a performer and a director. And a lot of those stories were taken out of the book to make more room for the political stuff. And I did not want to write a second book. It was so much work. And like I said, people don't read these days. So a friend of mine was like, you should just tell stories. You're so funny at, you know, hanging out just go up and tell them. So I mm -hmm. did it the first time and it just went over so well that I got offers to do more. But the best part about the show is when people come in the door, they get a note card and they can write questions. So the whole like last third of the show, I answer the questions and I don't see them in advance. Oh, really? They're totally anonymous. Yeah. They're totally anonymous. <laughs> you can ask whatever you want. And that's where the show becomes super unpredictable. Like, yeah, of course, it. we get a lot of, yeah, we get a lot of political <laughs> questions. A lot of people want to talk about, you know, the president's nether regions, which is mm -hmm. really disturbing to me. I get like at least 10 of those. But, you know, <laughs> I get sex advice questions, um, you know, questions about being a parent. Uh, I mean, just it's the variety is insane. And I just answer them all. Wow. All right. Well, tickets are still available. There are also VIP meet and greet tickets still available. It's one night only, 7 o'clock, Sunday night at the Laugh Shop. It might be snowing here Sunday, just to, just to warn you, Stormy, but um, uh -oh. uh, otherwise uh, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. It's been great talking to you. No problem. Thanks for having me. All the best. There you go. The one and only Stormy Daniels in town this Sunday. More details at LaughShopCalgary.com. StormyDaniels.com, by the way. I don't know if that's safe for work or not, but uh, just mentioning that, too. All right, we got to take a break here. My name is Rob Breckenridge. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.